The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100 in free bets. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the College Football Experience. Get ready for the college football season by checking in, checking out all 131 college football team previews. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFB. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFB. And welcome into the Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me this evening is SGPN All-Star Rod Villagomez. How are we doing, sir? All-star. I, I want to see that all-star paycheck. Where Where is that bonus that for being an all-star? <laughs> well, you said you were working today. So, I mean, work means pay, buddy. You know, I mean, if you're getting in that work, you're getting in that uh, that credit for it. So, you know, glad to have you on. Glad to be working with you. I know I know you got a tough block of, uh, of schedule today. <laughs> yeah, Tuesdays are the day where, I mean, basically, if you can make it through Tuesday, the rest of the week seems to be like a, a cakewalk for me. Well, Rod's over here working hard, listeners, so do us a favor and smash the download download button. Give us a positive review. We're all working hard over here. It's draft season. Tonight, we're going to be talking about pivotal draft positions, spots in your fantasy draft where you may you know, come along a tough decision. And me and Rod are going to try to talk you through a few of these. We're going to go back and forth with uh, some of our early round and mid-round uh, spots where we're like, you know what, there's some questions here that we need to answer, and there are probably some things that are going through other drafters' minds as well. So we're going to dive right into it. Uh, Rod, you had the first one up here. You're you're getting it started really early here. Round one, pick two. Uh, what are the options you're giving me here? So look, I, I looked at this and uh, you got Derrick Henry going in this draft, the specific draft that we got as pick number two. But my question is, and I've seen this happen in several drafts over and over again, where Jonathan Taylor is the one that goes first, if not one mm -hmm. overall. So my question to you is, why Derrick Henry over Jonathan Taylor, or even for that matter, Austin Eckler, if we're assuming that this is a PPR, mm -hmm. because Derrick Henry gives you tons of value. We all know this. He's the beast. He's the, the guy that is going to carry the ball for every other team, not just the Titans. But uh, Jonathan Taylor is sitting there, and he's the all-purpose back. And then Austin Eckler catches passes. So, mm -hmm. uh, Bernie, one, uh, Derrick Henry, Taylor, or Eckler in, in my, is my question. So this really shook up oddly, honestly. The mock draft that me and Rod are referencing here, it's a super flex draft, and it's PPR. Josh Allen went first, then Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Eckler, and McCaffrey. And that's just all sorts of, you know, away from ADP, right? Like that is not the norm that you're seeing. I'm honestly, Rod, I'm seeing a lot of CMC getting moved up into the one spot, into the 101, and then uh, JT falling to two. Derrick Henry moving up to two, man. I mean, it's not like Derrick Henry's playing in the preseason or anything. It's not like, you know, there's really any news out there that should propel him to this spot. It just seems like, you know, a drafter said, hey, I'm going to revert from the norm of what everybody else is doing. I'm going left when everyone else is going right, which I respect. I mean, you're will you can die on your own hill in fantasy. I mean, that's how leagues are won, right, is making the best pick in each round. But I feel like you're leaving a lot of PPR value on the table, drafting Derrick Henry over a Jonathan Taylor and even an Eckler. Uh, in my rankings, let me pull them up here. I have Henry still, I think, pretty high for PPR. Where do I have him here? I have him at seven. And a lot of the SGPN crew has him a little bit higher. 
uh, where am I seeing here? 8, 15, 16, 11. So, yeah, I have, I have the highest at number seven. Propelling him to number two overall in a PPR draft, I think, is just maybe just playing to a little too much favoritism. I think you're reaching a little bit. Uh, I saw him go fourth the other night in a single quarterback league, and I thought that was too high. So I would definitely be passing on Derrick Henry at that ADP capital or ADP capital, excuse me. And I would be looking at Jonathan Taylor or CMC, honestly, because they're just going to have that high volume. When you're looking at those two guys, you're looking at guys that can touch the ball potentially 30 times a game. And there's just no one else that fits that narrative in the NFL. Maybe it is Derrick Henry, but even if he were to get that level of touches, which I don't think he will because he's getting older, they want to preserve him, they're not going to come in that PPR fashion. All of those touches, you know, if you're really getting him to, to bring home the production, it's on touchdowns, right? It's getting those three touchdown games, four touchdown games. And, you know, buying into that likelihood is just a little bit harder for me um, when you can consistently get that backed up PPR value from Taylor, from Eckler or CMC. And I would and I still would do CMC over Eckler, too. Um, this the way this dra draft shook out seems like they were not favoring him. He fell to number five overall, which is a great value. Um, but yeah, at number two, I would be going with Taylor. Is is that still the the same play that you'd make? Yeah, absolutely. And and again, Matt Ryan's addition there in the Colts staff kind of lends itself to the opportunity for Taylor to excel just a little bit more, especially in the short passing game. Because mm -hmm. as everybody's well documented, Matt Ryan doesn't necessarily pass the ball deep anymore, as Julio Jones can attest. So uh, mm -hmm. that's going to be a few more targets for for Taylor. I think in, in the long run and you're right. I mean, Henry's PPR value has always been capped. You're You're hoping for 200 yard games. You're hoping for, like you said, multi touchdown games out of Derrick Henry to win you a week. Obviously mm -hmm. Henry's never going to lose you a week in PPR, but he most certainly isn't going to help you as much as a Taylor who can catch three to four passes or five passes sometimes, depending on mm -hmm. the workload, a, a game. So those points are valuable in PPR and, you, you kind of rob yourself of him when you go with Derrick Henry. Now, is he a talented player? Absolutely. Of course. I would love to have Derrick Henry on my team. But I think if all things were equal, I'd want Jonathan Taylor uh, in a PPR on my team instead. Yeah, and even in Superflex in this format, too, I would probably take a quarterback over him in the first round as well. You know, I don't mind starting off with, you know, a Taylor or an Eckler or CMC. But after those guys, I'm typically leaning quarterback like in a super flex I'm going to go Josh Allen you know Justin Herbert um, Patrick Mahomes you can probably get at the end of the first I don't hate taking Lamar in there either as long as there's kind of like a run of quarterbacks I don't like leaping to some of those guys I just like you know if I see that run where there's like four or five quarterbacks picked consecutively in the first round like okay this is the direction the first round is going I might lean into it a little bit if it's at the back end of the first round I'll probably lean into a position player because if there was a long run on quarterbacks I'm probably going to be able to make that back up because those top teams won't be doubling down on quarterback most likely a few probably will all right let's go over to my first question um still in the first round so we're not not too far off here <clears throat> but we're in the latter half so round one pick eight Rod, your options are Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, or Justin Jefferson. What direction are you going here? It's crazy to even think about uh, Saquon Barkley in a situation like this. Uh, but I, I'm going to probably, in a PPR, I'm, I'm probably going with Justin Jefferson over both of those running backs. And the obviously the case is that Justin Jefferson is going to catch passes. And in fact, he is the most talented receiver on that team. Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback, which means he's still got value like he did before. You know, thousand yard receiver. It's just the talent is there. These first round guys, it, it's hard. It's hard to make a case that hasn't already been made for mm -hmm. for these guys. But 
the like I said, the the difference here is that I know Justin Jefferson's going to get his work. Saquon Barkley, that Giants team is still a mess. I don't care what they've done to to improve that team or what, and to put Saquon Barkley out there again and have him put this team on his back one more time. We saw what happened, and 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 now I know that we can't always say look injury concern injuries breed injuries, but Saquon Barkley's been injured. So now in the very back of your mind, you're thinking to yourself, at the very least, could this happen again, right? And could this tank my fantasy season? Now with Najee Harris, on the other hand, I, I love Mitch Trubisky to the point where I'm okay with if I if he falls to me at some point in the draft late, I'll take him. But I don't know what he does to Najee Harris's value. Some say it's going to go up because he's probably going to hand the ball off more. Some say it's going to go down because Mitch likes to sling it around a little bit. But for me, if I'm taking somebody at pick eight, I want them to give me solid production week in and week out. Justin Jefferson offers that value. I can't pass that up at pick eight. It's it's pretty tough for me, this one, because the way it shakes out, and, and I agree with you about Saquon Barkley. We'll just kind of remove him from the equation. I'm still, I'm still high on Saquon, actually. I have him at running back 11 now. I'm kind of buying into the hype a little bit. He's looking good. You know, the injury history is always an issue, right, with, with guys, but if they look healthy and they're playing well, you know, like if there's no hindrances, you know, it's kind of like all, all systems go right. I'm, I'm kind of the same, same way with Michael Thomas. I had him high at like wide receiver 15. I moved him down a little bit to 20, you know, based on this recent injury news, but you know what I mean? Like if they're healthy and they're, and all things are clicking, then just buy in, but we're still going to remove him from the bit here just because he is the outside man. I have him at running back 11. I have Najee Harris at running back five, but I have Justin Jefferson at wide receiver two. So getting wide receiver two at pick eight is great value. Like that, that's very good value for Justin Jefferson. But I still circled Najee Harris on this one just because I really love his exposure to just total touches. And I feel like most weeks he's going to have a little bit of a safer floor given touchdowns. Now, that's not to say that Justin Jefferson won't have a higher ceiling every week because Justin Jefferson is a two touchdown type of guy. He can go out there and put up big games. 15 targets, couple of touchdowns, easily push for 80 plus yards. Like, you know, his, you know, his props are going to be high every week, but the, the duality of Najee Harris is just so tempting to me. And I have him as a top five running back. So if I'm getting a top five running back also at pick eight, I also know the way that I draft. And I feel like a lot of listeners draft as well. They're going to be able to make up that wide receiver value in the middle rounds or even rounds later. You know, guys that I like in the second round to kind of follow up with a pick like that are, you know, Keenan Allen or Deontay Johnson. Some mid-tier guys that I like, like Juju Smith-Schuster or Michael Thomas, who I referenced, or Allen Robinson. Those guys that are that I'm willing to you know, maybe pull up a uh, pull up the board a little, maybe up around, or they can kind of just fall into my lap. Like, oh, I already I already needed a, a wide receiver three, and this guy who has potential to be a wide receiver one just fell in my lap. This is this is perfect, right? So. That's why I circled Najee is just because there's also just that depth at the wide receiver position where I feel I can make it up. But it's like super, super close. Again, wide receiver two at pick eight, like you really can't beat that. You know, you there's a lot of situations where Cooper Cup could fall into you into your lap in that position just because, you know, people differentiate in their top three in their rankings or, you know, their guy or their exposure to a particular play, player. Maybe they already have a ton of Justin Jefferson, so they go out and draft a Cooper Cup. So, yeah, that that's a very good problem to have right there at the back end of the first round. Um, 
both good points, I think, from from you and me, just going with both directions between the uh, running back and wide receiver position. There are going to be some people that are lower on Najee and are just like Justin, like you're crazy. Like he's my running back 11 or 12. Like, you know, he he's in your Saquon Barkley territory. So I know opinions are going to differ there, but I really like the opportunity for Najee in that offense. And I think that we can both agree that there's going to be some improvement from the offense, whether it's Mitch or these other quarterbacks. Honestly, all these guys have been looking good. Dare I even say it? Mason Rudolph hasn't looked bad in preseason and in training camp. So the Steelers got some good problems to have over there where I think people were expecting Najee to kind of protect the passing game. I feel like the fans and the public are getting a little bit more comfortable with either Pickett or Mitch or Mason just because none of them have looked bad. Like none of them have looked bad in preseason games and training camp. They're all doing well in the two minute drill. So, yeah, Mike Tomlin's got some good problems to have this year. It's going to be an interesting situation. Uh, Before we move on to our next set, we're going to go through just a quick word from our sponsor. Are you thinking of joining WinBet? Well, now is the perfect time for new customers who bet $100 to get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you got to check out WinBet. The reduced juice in baseball games makes them the perfect place to bet MLB+. Plus, The WinBet Casino is always open. It's 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Not to mention Win just released their first QB with five TD prop bets. So much to choose from. All you got to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Rod, I'm not sure if you've heard of Odds Trader before, but it's a place where you can compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from, uh, promotions from sports books to, to get the best deals possible. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so that betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. You that guy in the office that likes to run all of your office pools? Are you tired of the stress that comes with it? Are you tired of everybody after you every single day about how you're keeping the books? Don't worry about it anymore. Head over to Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is the home of competition. It's bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter that much more. Run Your Pool offers every game type you ever want, ever need, from Pick'em to Survivor to Fantasy Pools. Literally is the one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. Plus, we've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. You want in? Hop in now to reserve your spot. You get $500 cash and a $250 gift certificate if you are the winner. Go sign up today over at run.play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. All right, and we're back. Rod, what is your next pivotal draft moment here? All right, so I went down to uh, pick number round number four, pick mm-hmm. number 37. And I gave the option of James Conner, A.J. Brown, or Tyreek Hill at that spot. It's really tough. It's really tough. You said round four. I'm trying to pull it up on the board here. I want to see. So the the actual pick went to James Conner. I believe that's how it played out, correct? That's exactly how it played out, which has me scratching my head. 
Yeah, I feel like I, I still go A.J. Brown there. It's kind of tough for me to say, like, Tyreek Hill is actually the guy on the outside, but Tyreek Hill in the Miami Dolphins offense does not really excite me. You know, in Kansas City, he had, he had far more exposure to targets, uh, a better quarter, a far better quarterback with a deep ball. Tua doesn't really check a lot of those boxes. You know, high-volume passer, deep passing accuracy. Uh, I know there's some folks out there that get excited about some of his deep ball numbers, but it's a, it's a, at a much lower volume than a lot of these quarterbacks in the league. He just doesn't pass the ball beyond 20 yards very often. A.J. Brown, honestly, is the guy that I'm highest on in this group here just because when he's been a focal point of his offense, he's provided booming production and similar per yard uh, production uh, to Tyreek Hill, just not in the same sense of where you know, he's getting like the running back touches. He's not getting like those gadgetry end around reverses. They're not letting him try to throw touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, I think, has thrown him. I know he's made a couple of attempts. I don't know if he's actually thrown one. I think he threw me an interception a couple of years ago or something. Um, yeah, A.J. Brown here just feels like he's going to have the safest floor week in and week out. I actually do feel like A.J. Brown and James Conner, though, of those three, probably have the highest injury concern. I'm not too worried about it. A.J. Brown, I don't know if he's actually finished a full season. James Conner, obviously, you know, if you've played fantasy football and have a pulse, you know that he's got some issues staying on the field. Tyreek Hill, you really don't really worry about him that much. You know, even when he gets pulled out for like a series or two to, you know, hit the bike or, you know, massage the hammies, whatever it is, it's not really that big of a concern. So honestly, I think that's really the the biggest thing that Tyreek Hill has going for him other than his just unique skill set because yeah, you know, Mike is going to be able to do some special things with him. But at the same time, I just don't see him getting the same type of volume as A.J. Brown. And I don't think that he has the same uh, touchdown floor as James Conner, who, you know, honestly, he's going to still be reliable as long as he's healthy in the Cardinals offense. That's just what you're betting on. Do you want to, you know, go back to the well with James Conner after he was a top five running back last year? I just, you know, he just reeks of regression in my opinion. And AJ Brown, I just feel like is in a very good opportunity or in a very good circumstance where he has a big opportunity to perform well in a team that needs to really establish the passing game and they, you know, need their guy to lean on to do so. Like Devontae Smith isn't that guy. I think that's why AJ Brown was brought in. So at that ADP, as long as I haven't taken, um, you know, just straight wide receivers, I'm taking AJ Brown right there. Yep. I mean, and and for me, I don't know. Like I said, I can't trust James Conner. In fact, I don't know about this entire Arizona offense now in that, mm -hmm. you know, if you take away DeAndre Hopkins, well, obviously, then they're probably going to run the ball some more. So what does that mean for defense as well? Stop James Conner. And not to mention also the fact that everybody knows that within the 20-yard line, within the 10-yard line, within the 5-yard line, James Conner is a threat. So you're, you're telling me that with a whole offseason to prepare for James Conner now in that Arizona offense, knowing exactly what you get when you're in the 20, when you're in the red zone, that defenses can't, can't load up on that now, especially with no, no DeAndre Hopkins in the mix. So I don't know that James Conner is going to have the same type of production that we saw last year. I think it might be fool's gold in this case to actually grab him. So yeah, AJ Brown all day in that Eagles offense, Jalen hurts as much as I don't like to admit that he's a better quarterback than he is. I think he's going to make uh, AJ Brown just as good as he was in Tennessee. Cause think about what he had in Tennessee. I mean, he had Ryan Tannehill who a lot of people didn't really say he was a great talented quarterback, even though he, he had the, the capacity to be, but he had Derrick Henry in the backfield. So yeah, I mean, you give me Jalen hurts who, can uncork a good deep ball and AJ Brown who can catch those good deep balls. I think it's a better situation for him all the way around, especially out of the three of those guys. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I don't want to like, I don't want to get this flag to blow too hard in the wind, but I think that James Conner could also have some trouble from Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams put up a, a thousand all-purpose yards last season with the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think that he was brought in to just sit on the sidelines. I think that he will have a role. Now that's not that's not me saying like, oh, hey guys, you know, pull Darrell Williams up to the seventh round or something like that. No, I, I feel like honestly, Darrell Williams could fall into the same territory that James Conner was in last year. Because everybody last year was running to Chase Edmonds, they were they were running him down like, oh, you got to draft Chase Edmonds way ahead of Connor, and or and Connor was the guy that was just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's there, he should get some red zone touches, he'll be okay, top five running back. You know, I, I feel like it could be a similar narrative this year if Connor were to get hurt again. I don't think that Williams is just going to come in and just like steer the ship and say, hey, you know, this is my show now. But I do think that he is going to have somewhat of a meaningful role, especially when you do see those early uh, weeks without um, without Hopkins. Uh, let's move on to my next one. I'm at uh, <clears throat> round five, pick 52. We're talking quarterbacks, Rod. I'm going Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, or Matthew Stafford. Which guy are you going with? Uh, you know, it's it's funny, but I'm going with Derek Carr in this situation. And really, my main thrust of this is that Derek Carr gets slept on. He's had so many 4,000-yard seasons, and and his numbers are a little comparable to Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to go out and say that it's completely comparable to Aaron Rodgers because obviously no one is Aaron Rodgers. But if you look at Derek Carr, and plus now he's got Devontae Adams, it's just a, a, a recipe for me for him to take that next step, right? I mean, we've been waiting for Derek Carr to be the guy that everybody wants him to be, that transcendent quarterback, the one that, that lives up to the hype that he had coming into the league. Well, I feel like maybe this far into this, into his career, we might actually get to see that because Devonte Adams for what Aaron Rodgers just lost, right? Even in and of itself from what Aaron Rodgers just lost and what he's actually left with right now, which at this point is just a smattering of wide receiver twos and, and Randall Cobb. So <laughs> like, what do you expect him to do and how do you expect him to throw for another MVP type season when Derek Carr has the key piece to that Green Bay offense that just left. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with Derek Carr here. Matthew Stafford, I get it. Like I know he's the Super Bowl winning quarterback, but when you look at, at, at what he's still got, he's got Cam Akers back there that could probably run that ball pretty well. Um, and then, you know, he's got Cooper Cup and now he's got Allen Robinson. So like, yeah, he may, he may jockey for that too, but I don't know. I, I just have a soft spot for Derek Carr. And in this situation among those three, that's where I'm leaning. And maybe because I think that Raiders are going to, are going to take a, a step up this season. I a hundred percent agree with you. I actually moved Derek Carr up to quarterback eight. So I, I got him in the top 10. Yeah, it's pretty high. I, I it's pretty high to the points that you had made four seasons now in a row with 4,000 plus passing yards. Topping off last year with 4,800 passing yards without Devontae Adams. Yeah, I would say the sky is the limit for Derek Carr. And honestly, to me, it comes down to the rapport that he has with his pass catchers. Devontae Adams, longtime friend. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. They've had a relationship for about four years now. And that Raiders offense, they've been building something. And it's, it's, it's really special. Like, I'm still really high on Hunter Renfro. Even higher on Derek Carr now, like I said. Devontae Adams is my wide receiver four. Uh, Darren Waller is my tight end four. So I'm I'm high on this offense entirely. And a lot of it also comes to their defense isn't good. It, it kind of stinks, to be honest. I mean, just look at on paper, they do not look good, right? Like they're going to be in a lot of competitive games. I think game script is just reeking of fantasy gold for the Raiders. 
take your picket like the running backs now too with Jacobs and Zamir White with Kenyon Drake leaving. Like there is a lot of positives on this offense here. Uh, take a, even a deep dive at Keelan Cole. But this all just centers around positive quarterback play. Carr has been incredibly in, in, uh, efficient the last handful of years here. He's been getting better and better. Last three years, four years, I'm sorry, he's risen from quarterback 20 all the way up to quarterback 13. And I've got him inside the top 10 this year. So, yeah, I'm shooting for the stars. Stafford, honestly, I got him right there with him. Stafford you know, just won a Super Bowl. And, yeah, his offense, I'm not saying it's getting better with Allen Robinson, but it's still pretty damn good. Yeah, you lose OBJ. What if they bring OBJ back? You know, I mean, there could be there could be that window, right, where you have all three of those guys, OBJ, Robinson, and Cup. That would be nuts. Um, or honestly, if they just signed anybody, like if they signed like, you know, a Cole Beasley or a Will Fuller or something like that, that would propel him even more. I've got him at quarterback nine. I've got him neck and neck with Derek Carr. So it's it's super close here for me. Uh, but yeah, Derek Carr was the, the, the name that I circled here. Rodgers, I'm a Bears fan, so I'm not just going to sit here and be like, oh, I love Aaron Rodgers. But like, yeah, pretty damn good at football, I'll say. Aaron Rodgers, pretty good at throwing the football around. Doesn't throw interceptions. Not a guy that will really ever lose you a, a fantasy matchup, right? Like, unless he just doesn't go out there and throw touchdowns, that's it. That's then he didn't do his job, but that's pretty typical for him, too. Uh, I still like that offense. I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a QB1. I just think that it's really t- tough to buy into him when he is missing that Devontae Adams level talent, right? Like a guy that he was just chucking the ball to at will in the red zone, midfield, wherever for touchdowns. Oh, you're getting three touchdowns in the first half tonight. Oh, you're getting 10 targets in the first half. Like, there's literally nights where Devontae Adams gets to sit through the fourth quarter, you know, getting that Tyreek Hill treatment, you know, the the 40-point first halves. Well, maybe that's the case for Adams this year, but I don't think it's going to be the case uh, for Aaron Rodgers getting that type of return from his pass catchers. Um, I'm, you know, I don't hate Alan Lazard. I think he's a decent value. I got him at, like, wide receiver 27, but... That's probably the highest position player that I have other than, you know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, where I feel like their offense is going to run through the run game. Right. Like that's feels like the focus that they're going to have. So quarterback 12 between quarterback eight between these three guys, not that big of a difference. But that's why it's kind of important to you know have these breakdowns and have these conversations, because you see Aaron Rodgers right there and you're, you're looking at the name of the back of the jersey. You're looking at MVP awards. We're looking at the numbers. We're looking at these connections. So definitely pulling up Derek Carr over uh, both Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you. I love it. I, and again, it's just, I always say too, bet who you want to cheer for and draft who you want to cheer for. And I want to cheer for Derek Carr this season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, going to be chasing his props. Uh, hopefully we can grab some low numbers to start the year. Uh, what's your next um, pivotal moment here? All right. I have got round eight going deeper down into the into the picks here. I pick 88. These are, especially in a super flex, right, Bruni? These are the guys that are going to either make or break a week for you at that second quarterback position or at that maybe their backup quarterbacks for you in a bye week fill-in. But pick 88, Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, or Baker Mayfield? Uh, No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Man, this is a tough situation. I really hope you guys out there, listeners, like – I really say to tread lightly to put yourself in a position where any of these type of options are your second quarterback or dare I say your first quarterback in a lot of super flex leagues. 
all three of these guys, Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, and Baker Mayfield, can land on your roster as your third best quarterback, okay? Like when you're drafting in Superflex, you're not just drafting your two quarterbacks and that's it. You still need to fill out that bye week and prepare for a potential long-term injury. Jameis Winston, I do not mind having him come off my bench. Matt Ryan, eh. Baker, eh. So-so. So Jameis Winston is the answer for me here. He's in the probably the best offense you know, in totality, obviously Matt Ryan has, you know, one of the best running backs in the league. He's got a young rising star and Michael Pittman outside the numbers, but you take a look at the room and you're like, yeah, this is kind of like a run first defense first type of team, right? Like playing in between the numbers, getting gritty, not putting up huge points. The Saints still feel like they can be that team, even with a more disciplined Jameis Winston, who I feel has kind of turned into like that game manager that the Saints organization wants him to be rather than that guy that's literally trying to score a touchdown on every play, living and dying with it. <laughs> I think that they've tamed him some, not just his personality, but like his play style. So I don't think that Jameis Winston is a bad option at pick 88. For for the ADP, I, I don't hate it. It's just that I don't want him to be a locked-in starter, you know, because at the end of the day, he's still Jameis. And, and the very small body of work that we got from him last year, it was positive, but it's just a small body of work. You know what I mean? Like the Dolphins lost their first seven games. They won the next seven. It's all about context, right? So it's it's still, you know, the devil's in the details with, with, with Jameis Winston still. A lot more hype, a lot more positiveness, I think, in the offense over these other two options. I mean, is there a reality where you could go Baker Mayfield over these guys, Rod? It depends. I mean, it depends on if he even gets the job, to be honest with you. I mean, that's still what we're kind of waiting for, I, right? I feel like I feel like he'll get the job. Like they I and in fact, I think they even said he he's the like the lead candidate, but I feel like he's gonna get the job. They traded for him. They don't believe in Darnold. Clearly, they went out get Cam Newton to play in front of Darnold. Like I can't I can't imagine that they have a lot of faith in their backups behind Baker. No, and that's and that's the thing too. But of course, we hear all that stuff out of preseason all the time. As far as uh, the coaches saying, "Oh yeah, this is this is going to be my guy," True. and then all of a sudden we get the rug pulled out from underneath us. But I agree with you that Baker Mayfield should be the guy. But again, it's it's almost like he goes from the Browns to the Panthers, and there's no no discernible other than maybe Christian McCaffrey, who he still had Nick Chubb behind him, which mm -hmm. obviously is not a Christian McCaffrey, but hey, at least Nick Chubb stays healthy. At the same time, it's like Baker Mayfield has uh, just about as as terrible of an offense as he had in Cleveland, in Carolina. So either one of those guys, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, for me, but actually, I'm not, I'm not, I'm with Matt Ryan because okay. you saw what Carson Wentz was even able to do uh, with Indy. Was it flashy? Fair. Uh, but I mean, it's Matt Ryan, and I think he's a a step up from Carson Wentz. So if he can actually do well with the the Colts, then I'm going to take him over what we don't know in Jameis Winston. Yeah, th that's also not a bad approach, right? Like, just, like, take the safe floor with Matt Ryan. I just don't want Matt Ryan that high. You know, if, like, if we're talking, like, it's round 10, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, yep, all in. Give me some Matt Ryan. But that high with with Winston, with Ryan, with Baker, uh, that's, that's, that's tough in that ADP right there. And I, that's where I kind of feel trapped, like, where it's, like, it is one of these tough moments because I'm in a spot where I need a quarterback, these are the names that are at the top of the list, right? When you're when you're drafting online with all these people, you're all looking at the same list, which is why I hate online drafts. Hashtag bring back live drafts. <laughs> bring people back together. We're all so separated now. Anyways, yeah, we're all looking at the same list, right? So those guys won't be there at your next pick. You're kind of handcuffed to the ADP list that you're provided on whatever platform you're drafting on. So in those circumstances, yeah, Matt Ryan will probably have a bit of a safer floor 
He's like he is playing in that run first type of offense that's going to protect him where it should limit the opportunities for turnovers and mishaps. But God, it's Matt Ryan and just man, some of his like low lights from last year are just they're so low. They're like just you know, dead arm throwing to the flat, like where it just like ducks, like like Hawk Harrelson, like quack, right? Right in right off the five yard line. Like, I don't know. I tough, tough for me to buy in on him. Someone that I'm just a little bit lower on this year. I get it. All right, let's hit a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back after this. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I know I use it for mine. They just passed 4 million users. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. First, in any sport, you just choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put down. With the NFL season right around the corner, Sleeper is the first sport, sports contest built into your fantasy experience. Uh, on your mobile phone, uh, mobile phone, excuse me, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms for use of details. If you've listened to anything I've ever done, you know I love me some coffee. It's the only way that I can make it through days like today and muscle through five different shows in a single day. So, But it's not just any coffee that gets me through. It's trade coffee because trade coffee not only gives me all the caffeine that I need to get through the days, but they give it to me in a way that I like it, not just for the flavor because they work with me. They work with me to find my perfect coffee every single time out of the 450 different kinds that they got live and ready to ship. But they also give it to me ground because that's the way I like to make my coffee. Some people like beans. I like it ground. You could pick either way with trade coffee. That's the brilliant thing about it. Not to mention they have got a first match guarantee. If they find for whatever reason, if you find that you don't like the coffee that you picked and you just want a different kind, trade is so confident they're going to get it right for you that if you don't do it, they're going to work with you. They're going to talk to you. They're going to work through what happened, what went wrong, what coffee didn't work for you. And then not just that, they're going to send you a free bag to make it up for you. You cannot beat that kind of customer service. So not only are you getting great tasting coffee exactly the way you want it, but you get when you want it, how often you want it. If you want it every single day to show up at your door, fine. Every single day, trade coffee is going to show up to your door. Maybe not the delivery person, but at the very least, the bag of trade coffee. How do you do this right now? Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order. Plus you get free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. More than 40 cups of coffee for free. Mind-blowing. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP. Let trade find you a coffee you are going to love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. Rod, that's why you're an all-star. Because I want some trade coffee so bad right now. Don't you ever <laughs> turn you down. Should. Don't don't you ever turn that down. If anyone, anyone t- gives you that all-star nod here, you know, don't tell them to buy you the jersey or get paid. That's that's, that's You're here to make that money. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's get back into it here. We're talking pivotal draft moments. Uh, my next pick is up. We're looking at round six, pick 62. I've got a whole slew of wide receivers here for you, Rod. And, and the reason is because like this round and round six, wide receivers kind of fell off the shelf. And when you know, when you see that you need a receiver and you know, again, you know it's not going to come back to you for a while, these are the names that are at the top of your list. So we've got Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney or Gabriel Davis round six pick 62. You need a wide receiver. Which guy are you taking? 
Well, I'm already taking Amari Cooper and Michael Thomas off the board, and okay. it may not be popular. But Michael Thomas is a guy that we were drafting like top 10 a couple mm-hmm. of seasons ago, right? I mean, this is a guy that we all were high on. But now, again, he's got Jameis Winston. He just came off injury. He's maybe injured again. I mean, who knows at this point because we're still waiting on word for that. Amari Cooper, well, he doesn't have a quarterback that I trust at all. Uh, <laughs> and Marquise Brown, for the most part, Look, he's with the Cardinals. He's with Kyler Murray. That's fantastic. That's great. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be gone, which means there's a lot more potential for him to excel. But again, I'm I'm not necessarily sold on that Arizona offense, so I'll count him out as well. Gabe Davis is the guy for me. Cole Beasley gone, okay. right? So now Gabe Davis is is going to ascend to at least a wide receiver too next to Stephon Diggs. And we've seen some fantastic stuff out of Gabriel Davis so far in his career uh, as, as a third wide receiver. And we've seen flashes of what he can do. Now you give him more opportunity to play with Josh Allen, who is obviously the best quarterback, uh, especially in that division. Uh, the sky's the limit. Like we had said earlier, the sky's the limit for Gabe Davis. And the, the, where he's being drafted at right now is being drafted at, I believe his floor, right? We, we, he's not being drafted at his ceiling where we really could see a fantastic, maybe wide receiver two type of performance from him this season. Versus, uh, like I said, Amari Cooper, who's off to a, a disadvantage right from the get-go. Michael Thomas could not even play for a little while. Marquise mm-hmm. Brown, victim of a Cardinals offense. I didn't even talk about Darnell Mooney because, again, that's that's your neck of the woods right there. You could yeah. tell us more about Darnell Mooney. But, yeah, out of those four, I, I feel comfortable with Gabe Davis. Better offense all around for him mm-hmm. and, and an increased workload I, I see going into this year. So I actually have Davis in the middle of this list, um, and it really just comes from how the Bills spread the ball around. Um, You're going to see Allen take his share of red zone touches. I like Gabe Davis in the red zone, actually, because Stephon Diggs draws so much much attention. But I love all of those guys. Knox, Stephon Diggs. uh, You're seeing these other guys like Isaiah McKenzie starting to climb boards. Gabriel Davis is definitely in that mix. I have him at wide receiver 24. I have Marquise Brown at the top here at wide receiver 19. Michael Thomas, I just moved down to wide receiver 20. So he actually was the highest just because, you know, I expect him to, or I would expect him to have a high share of volume in his offense. And that's really what I'm looking at here the most. Like you're looking at the talent and then the, the amount of volume that they can have in their offense. And the way I see it right now, Marquise Brown would have the most efficient usage of his offense. When you look at Darnell Mooney, honestly, Mooney might have the most targets of any of these guys. He's coming off a season with 140 targets. He could have more. The only issue is the efficiency. He only had 80 catches on 140 targets last year. I expect him to have a similar target share, just hopefully a little bit more efficient, maybe closer to 100 catches. Uh, But again, that could be divvied up throughout the offense. I don't believe that the Bears are going to pass as much as they did in years past, like they did with uh, Matthew Nagy. It's going to be a lot of, you know, gritty running, you know, rollouts and play action and things like that. A lot of lot of deceptive play calling, I would expect from the Bears this year. Um, So Mooney's still at the back of the list as well. Amari Cooper definitely at the very bottom for all the reasons you listed. Just just say Jacoby Brissett, and we're done. Um, you you might have some late uh, blooming from Cooper at the end of the year when Watson comes around, but th- then there's been a whole eleven weeks where they haven't been passing the ball to each other. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be some uh, some rust they have to knock off. Um, Michael Thomas just lingering with the injury. Gabriel Davis again, very good offense, very good situation. Just kind of, kind of want a domino to fall. I want like an like I want. I don't want to see an injury, but you know, you, you get one injury in that offense, and everybody's value is going to shoot up. Um, so yeah, you know, kind of highlighting Marquise Brown here. 
I'm actually kind of buying into the passing offense for the Cardinals. I like Marquise Brown. I like Zach Ertz. And their volume, honestly, it feels like it could be similar to what Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown had last year. And they were top 10 in target share in the entire NFL. So Marquise Brown has shown that he can work with a high um, a workload, work with a high workload, um, and have a lot of targets per game. I just think that Kyler is a better deep passer than Lamar Jackson. So I think that we could really see some positive things from him early on. Obviously, we have to take that, you know, with a with a with a whatever something light, uh, because Hopkins is going to be back. He is going to come back in Week Six. Like that, that is a reality that we have to keep in mind. Um, but I still think that Marquise Brown will have a safe floor every week. He has that established relationship with Kyler, so I think that there's going to be some positives from there. But it's really close. I have Brown at 19, Thomas at 20, and Dave, or Davis at 24, and Thomas at 20. So they're all you know within five you know uh, rankings of each other, and you could go really any way. But if I'm stuck in the middle of my draft and these are the names that are popping up. I'm going to go Marquise Brown, especially because if he does do really well early, maybe I can flip him for something better. You know, maybe I can toss him out there, you know, throw throw some bait out to the league and maybe flip him before week six. You know, if someone is really hurting at wide receiver and they're buying into him and that offense. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, let him have a good first six games and then or at least first five games and then sell him at the at his highest point and see Mm -hmm. what you can get. Yeah, that that's precisely the move if I were to take uh, Marquise Brown. All right. Awesome. So who's your uh, next question up here? All right. So I am dwelling in the bottom rounds now. We're in round 14. Pick 160. These are when you start to make the decisions that you you've either had far too much to drink or (laughs) you haven't had enough to drink and everybody else around you is is starting to make some bad moves. Uh, But I'm going to help you set your tight end position up here because I'm giving you three tight ends. I'm giving you Dawson Knox, Robert Tanyan, or Mike Gusecki? I got to go Dawson Knox here. Dawson Knox is just going to have all of those red zone looks, I feel like. I know, like I said, I think that they're going to spread the ball around, but Allen, when he gets down low, like he has shown some favoritism to Knox. Um, Robert Tunyon still coming off an injury. Mike Gusecki in, a, in an offense where you just don't know where the ball is going to go. Kind of a similar situation to Knox. I just like Knox's upside more so playing in a much better offense. And most likely, these aren't the first tight ends that I'm taking. I'm most likely taking one of these guys to be my backup tight end. So Knox coming off my bench, I feel better about than Tunyon or Gasecki. Gasecki, again, in that situation with Miami, there's going to be a lot of running backs involved in the game plan. You have Hill. You have Waddle. Like, it's just really tough for me to gauge his value this year, a guy that I'm just a little bit lower on. So in this circumstance, I would go with Knox just to get myself more exposure to that Bills offense if I didn't already have enough Bills on my team. Yep, and Knox is exactly where I was going with it too because, mm. you, I mean, you nailed it as far as Miami. Uh, I, I don't know uh, that Mike Gusecki even got me excited when uh, Hill was not in the offense. Right. I know that there was flashes and games and spans where he was the, the fantasy darling, but I, when you look at the whole body of work, you just didn't see the type of, of production you wanted. And again, Tanyan, look, without Devontae Adams, that offense becomes quite flat. And I know everybody's trying to say, well, the, the targets have to go somewhere, right? And it's probably going to go to a tight end. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers not necessarily historically been kind to the tight end position. So, sure. I mean, and he's, again, this is not a, a, a every week type of thing. Yeah, there's been weeks where his tight end's a pop, but you can't really uh, count on him year in and year out. Dawson mm-hmm. Knox, on the other hand, 
tight end position is tough anyways, because there's some weeks where they're going to go off some weeks where they get two catches for 20 yards. But mm-hmm. if I'm, if I'm betting on a guy with a better offense, it's Dawson Knox. And again, you're right. He's going to get some red zone targets, going to catch some touchdown passes like he did last year. And I think he's got a much better situation than does Tanyan and Gusecki. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, he's just got the quarterback that has the potential to throw 50-plus touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that anymore. Tua never in his wildest dreams will have that most likely. So, yeah, he's just in an offense that has just out-of-this-world expectations. And if they go to the moon, then, you know, Knox is going to be along for the ride as well as all these other guys. So, yeah, if, if you're just keeping it that simple, like if each of those guys get you a catch for eight yards in a given week, Knox is most likely the one that's going to have that catch be an actual touchdown, right? So I think that's just the the most simple way to keep it. Uh, Let's hit a last word from our sponsors here, and then we're going to be back with another little uh, tight end conversation to close it out. I passed up several opportunities to learn how to speak Spanish in my life. I was five years old, told my grandma, no, grandma, I don't need to learn Spanish. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why she listened. I am 46 years old now, and I still don't know the language, but that's going to change because I am getting hooked up with Babbel. Most of us learning second language in high school, college wasn't easy, and it's still not easy today, but you want to know how to speak a language, Babbel is there for you. Why? Because they got 15-minute lessons. Makes it perfect. Everybody's got 15 minutes in their day, right? Learn how to speak a language in that 15. Put that 15 minutes to use by learning how to speak another language. Plus, other learning apps, they use AI for their lesson plans. But Babbel, they were created by over 100 language experts, people who know what they're talking about in the language that they're talking about. Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages. you got Spanish, French, Italian, German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and the accent so you don't sound like a foreigner speaking a foreign language. It's that important. So many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, even live classes if you're that visual type of person. Plus, you don't like it? 20-day money-back guarantee. No harm, no foul. Start your new language journey by joining Babbel right now. Save up to 60% off your subscriptions when you go to babbel.com SGP. That's babbel.com SGP for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Listeners, it's almost the start of the NFL season, and I love this time of the year. And if you're As much as I am into sports betting and fantasy, you need a competitive edge to win. That's why I highly recommend the Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. It's the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, Elias Sports Bureau, the official uh, statisticians of the U.S. Pro Sports Leagues, including the NFL. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, and Elias insights from the Elias Sports Bureau's research team. This app is your really one-stop source for player news and league-validated player stats and team records, as well as expert game analysis for betting, building your fantasy teams, and, of course, impressing your friends. Perfect for the preseason, you'll get player previews to help you draft a winning fantasy team and team previews so you know what to expect as the regular season kicks off. Take my advice, download the Elias Game Plan app today. With new features available all the time, take your game to the next level. The NFL season is right around the corner, so don't wait. Find Elias Game Plan app in the App Store or Play Store today. All right, now we're back. We're uh, going to wrap this up with our last question here. We're just sticking with the tight ends. Um, going with my pick here, uh, you had some back-end tight ends. I've got you know kind of fringe top 10 guys. Uh, Rod, we're looking at Cole Komet, 
Zach Ertz, or Pat Fryermuth anywhere in the 13th round. So this is a whole round ahead of the guys that we just discussed. Uh, quite clearly, I have these guys ranked from 9 to 12. So you you take the, the pick at who's best, and maybe you can land on my guy. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, you kind of said it earlier, so I, I kind of know where you're leaning on this one, and that's Zach Ertz out of those three. Uh, unless you're a Cole Komet guy, which you are a Bears fan, so you may very well be a Cole Komet guy. And Justin Fields maybe gives him a little opportunity to shine a little more. But uh, because Zach Ertz, to me, and I, I'm not high on this Arizona offense, but I do know that Zach Ertz can play, and he can play well. And, in fact, uh, with with DeAndre Hopkins gone, now Ertz can take that step up because Ertz proved last season that he can step up and actually be a contributing factor into the offense. 763 yards on 74 receptions last year, and that was with Hopkins in the game for mo, uh, you know, in, in the roster for most of that. So definitely, Kyler Murray was looking towards Zach Ertz's way, and of the three, he continue he can do that again. Like that that's that's a replica uh, replicatable for a guy like uh, like Zach Ertz, where Pat Fryermuth, he caught seven touchdowns last season. I don't know he's going to do that again this right. year. Uh, Cole Komet, the darling of of the Bears, I don't see him doing that again this year to the level that Zach Ertz was able to do week in and week out. So for me, it's just a better opportunity for Zach Ertz, especially with Hopkins out, to to clean up on that. I know Marquise Brown, like you said, is going to play a part. Yes, he is. But Zach Ertz is a key part of this offense that has already been established, whereas Fryermuth was a fringe tight end, could win you a week, could lose you a week, and same with Cole Komet. So we're going to remove Fryermuth first off because I agree with you. He's going to have that touchdown regression, and that's what really you know brought him uh, or brought his production home last year. That's what really made him valuable. Valuable was him finding the end zone week in and week out. So I have him at uh, tight end twelve, still pretty high on him. I, I like the Steelers' offense, just not a guy I kind of want to commit to as as like my top ten guy. Could see more catches this year, but I do feel like the touchdowns are going to come down. So honestly, it's a coin flip between me or between Cole Komet and Zach Ertz. I have Komet at nine with his name circled, and I have Ertz at 10. To me, Ertz really needs to get to touchdowns. Like I don't see him having a lot of high catch weeks. I think that in those weeks, you'll probably see higher totals for Marquise Brown and maybe even some of the running backs. And I think that Zach Ertz is going to get kind of a target on him across the middle because you don't really have that like really reliable, big size guy in that offense outside of him without Hopkins there. So I think that there might be a little bit more concentration on him earlier in the year and he'll, he'll might break out, you know, when Hopkins does come around and he kind of gets that, you know, less concentration from the defense, essentially. Going with Cole Komet here just because I feel like the volume is going to be really high. I think that he can easily grab 120, 130 targets in this offense that I feel like will be focused more so on him and Darnell Mooney. I feel like they're going to use a lot of these roster cloggers like Byron Pringle and Aquamia St. Brown, uh, Valus Jones, and those guys, they're just going to use their legs. They're going to say, hey, man, just like give us some space. Just create some, some uh, downfield threats. Let these guys work across the middle, Mooney and Komet, uh, that is, and there should be some some positive ROI on that. And that's why I don't feel like the Bears' offense will lean heavily towards the run or towards the pass because they're going to be, again, like I mentioned earlier, deceptive in their play calling. And that's just going to set up a lot of dinks and dunks for Cole Komet. And we've already seen that so far in the preseason. Like every catch that he's made has you know, has wowed people. They're like, okay, like this guy's the real deal. 
And the camp talk's all been there. All that's been positive. We know what Zach Ertz is like, right? Like he is definitely a top 10 candidate at tight end. I'm splitting hairs between the two. I think that Komet will have more total volume, but Ertz's touchdown percentage is probably much higher, right? So you kind of have to balance that out with the needs of your team and your roster. If you already have a lot of guys that you feel will score touchdowns, maybe you go to Komet so that you can get some more targets, right? Get some more PPR opportunities. If you feel like you're lacking, potential touchdown percentage in your in your roster when you've gotten to round 13 maybe you go with Ertz and that's kind of like your deciding factor like you do need to look at the team in front of the picks that you've made already so you can kind of decide which direction you want to go you know and it's really all a bet right like will the volume pay off or will the touchdown percentage pay off I'm going with the volume because typically that brings a safer floor yeah and look you're right too in that you're splitting hairs because it's not like Ertz set the league on fire in touchdowns he did have five on the season but over the last mm -hmm. stretch of, of five games of the regular season he did not have any so he had two in one game and then back-to-back -back weeks with a touchdown in week six and week or week five and week eight uh six and eight and then mm -hmm. he was in active seven but yeah again it's not like Ertz is is getting touchdowns left and right too so yeah, I, maybe even still, like to me, I just I feel like the yardage is going to be there for him more consistently, and and the targets are going to be uh, there for him more too. So yeah, I mean it's it's personal preference at that point. Yeah, abs absolutely. And again, you're in round thirteen. Anything after round twelve, I mean, you're you're going to be fine. There's probably a lot of people that can draft these three tight ends as their second tight end because they may have bought into you know an Andrews or Kelsey or Waller situation where they're taking a tight end early and they're just like, well, I'll get one of these guys to be my bench tight end. You know what I mean? So it all depends on how the uh, the board falls. But if you're starting off with a any of those guys as your uh, or tight end one, I feel comfortable with it. I, I don't think that you're really at that big of a disadvantage because you will back this pick up, right? Maybe with some of the guys that we had just mentioned. I don't hate starting my draft or starting my season, I should say, with Cole Komet and Dawson Knox. I think I'll be just fine being able to play the matchups between those two, right? There could be some weeks where you fade a Cole Komet because they're playing a tough defense and you just know that Fields is, you know, going to get shut down or, you know, there's bound to be negative, you know, uh, play calling j just because they need to protect the pass and they're going to run all day or something like that. So playing those matchups is pretty common with the tight end position if you're not drafting, you know, one of those top guys. Tight end streamers. That's, that's the name of the game at that point. Yep. Yes, sir. Especially at that draft capital. All right, this was a long one and a good one. Do you have anything to share before we head out, Rod? No, I listen, we are getting so close drafting now. If you're drafting before the preseason, God bless you, and uh, I, I hope that your teams <laughs> turn out well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is we're going to hit the draft day pretty soon where everybody's going to start drafting, and all of this stuff starts to come in focus. So I'm hoping you guys pay attention and, and take some notes because, uh, you know, SGPN, we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe for you. Absolutely. So yeah, we got rankings. We got projections out, guys. We've got cheat sheets. Go check us out at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Go hit the fantasy tab. We've got so much good stuff for you. Um, this week, uh, starting Friday through, I believe, Labor Day, we're going to be doing live shows every night to walk you guys through your drafts talk draft strategies, just, you know, going over the entire NFL, doing maybe a little hot stove, going from team to team, talking fantasy narratives. It's going to be a lot of fun. We want you guys to join in, bring your, uh, your questions, your curiosities, and always, you know, drop us a review, download the episode, help us out. You can follow us on Twitter at SGPN fantasy. That's where we're dropping all of our articles and all of our picks and our threads and whatnot. So jump in. We've got a lot of good stuff for you. Uh, take care. Be well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at T-I-T-T-H-J-B. Rod, let them know where they can find you. Find me on Twitter at R-J-V-A-Gomez. 
All right. Take care, guys. Be good.